Hello, everyone. I have some breaking news tonight about Newsmax, the station you're watching right now. Uh, numerous press reports today indicating Newsmax may be deplatformed by AT&T's DirecTV satellite system as soon as midnight tonight. If that happens, we'll also be removed from DirecTV stream and also UVerse. Now, the Washington Examiner reported yesterday that Congressman Wesley Hunt, he's a Republican from Texas, along with 41 other members, have written to the heads of AT&T and DirecTV demanding to know why Newsmax was being deplatformed. Uh, folks, this could be the second conservative channel in a year deplatformed by AT&T and DirecTV. Um, first, OAN was removed. House Democrats uh, demanded its removal. And now Newsmax, we know we were on the list, also Fox, but apparently we just may be the second channel to be censored. Negotiations are still underway, and there are numerous stories about this. This is actually big news tonight. You can go to Newsmax.com. We have a fuller story about what's happening here. But the biggest thing you can do right now to help us fight is uh, please go to IWantNewsmax.com. IWantNewsmax.com. And you can sign our petition. Or you can also text the word TRUTH to 3947. That's TRUTH to 3947. And we'll send you information right away. We may be off the air in 13 million homes tonight. And whether you subscribe to DirecTV or not, you can sign our petition and text us, please. We need everyone's support here. DirecTV says we are trying to ask for an excessive fee well, actually, it's a modest fee, and last year, three major operators agreed Newsmax was an important channel for their, their subscribers, and they gave us a small fee. Um, we are the fourth highest-rated cable news network in America, and last year, DirecTV made $2.7 billion in profits. Still, they say they want to cut costs, and it's kind of funny that conservative channels like OAN are cut to save money. But all 22 liberal news channels are kept on DirecTV with their hefty license fees intact. This sounds like discrimination, but let's see what happens tonight. Again, you can go online, text us now, and please stand up for your freedom and stand up for Newsmax. We'd appreciate it. We're proud of what we're doing here. You can't get what we do just anywhere. And tonight we start with Vice President Mike Pence and his woes. So help me God, he once wrote. And uh, yeah, Mike, actually, <laughs> so help you God. Um, Mike Pence, always so self-righteous, always holding his nose around Trump, just got revealed again to be a giant phony. Those documents. Oh, those documents. Oh, I didn't think you meant those documents. You mean those documents, the classified ones lying around the house? Yeah, those we have breaking news developing over the course of the last 45 minutes. NBC News has now confirmed the classified documents were discovered at former Vice President Mike Pence's home in Indiana. This is CNN Breaking News. I want to bring you some brand new breaking news. Exclusive CNN reporting just into us. A source revealing, get this, another discovery of classified documents. Roughly a dozen government documents were uncovered at the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. I want to get right to some breaking news. Sources tell ABC News classified documents have now been found in the home of former Vice President Mike Pence. All right. So this came to light, we think, uh, because Mike Pence's lawyer put out a letter. Uh, it's a CYA letter. Have you ever heard of those? And uh, 
says something along these lines. Let's go ahead and break it out. The additional records appear to be a small number of documents bearing classified markings that were inadvertently boxed and transported to the vice president's home, the personal home of the former vice president. Interesting, interesting, because it wasn't too long ago when he was on his book tour and he was shaking his head and frowning and saying how bad Donald Trump was and how good Mike was when it came to classified documents. Remember this? Did you take any classified documents with you from the White House? Uh, I, I did not. I've not hesitated to criticize the president when I think he was wrong. And, uh, and clearly possessing cl classified documents in an unprotected area is not proper. Our staff reviewed all of the materials in our office and in our residence to ensure that uh, there were no classified uh, materials that that left uh, the White House or remained in our possession. And I, uh, I, I remain confident that that was done in a thorough and careful way. Mike Pence always speaks in such a serious manner, and he thinks that's going to fool a lot of people. Look, I'm not a fan. I've been upfront about this. More on why not in a moment. But did you notice anything about what he said and how he said it? Let's go to the first to dial, if you don't mind, on ABC News. Did you take any classified documents with you from the White House? Uh, I, I did not. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. He said, I did not. He's saying no, but he's shaking his head yes. And he stuttered just a little bit, right? Uh, you know, those body language experts, uh, they say this is indicative of, uh, let's call it deception. We're looking for when the body doesn't match the words. One of my favorite line cues is a mismatched nod. This works really well. When oh. someone says yes, but shakes their head. Wow. <laughs> the experts agree. And there was something else that I did not notice until this story broke. I saw that interview a few months ago when he was pushing that book. Look at his foot. Do you see any reason for anyone to take classified documents with them leaving the White House? Well, there'd be no reason to have classified documents, particularly if they were in an unprotected area. Sorry, man. I think this guy knew he had uh, secret documents in his pillowcase or somewhere shaking his head, tapping his feet. But uh, he still somehow mustered the courage to try to shame President Trump during this time. Clearly, in the waning days of the Trump-Pence administration, that process was not properly executed by staff around the president of the United States. You see, his staff, his staff with that Mark Shorty guy and all these other self-righteous people just like him, they took care of it. But those those people around Donald Trump, oh, no, the January 6ers and all that stuff. Look, and let's go back to, I'm sorry, why I don't think this man should be president. And uh, I'm pretty annoyed with him. Who remembers this? He uh, got a lot of points with the fake news, none with me. And I heard this week that President Trump said I had the right to overturn the election. But President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. 
And frankly, there is no idea more un-American than the notion that any one person could choose the American president. This is self-righteousness, the epitome of self-righteousness. You know, people can disagree about the Electoral Count Act of 1887, all right? People can disagree about the Constitution. It happens all the time. But you say those who disagree with you are un-American. We, and I think there are some good people out there, looked at the Constitution, looked at the ECA of 1887, and believed that you had more authority uh, on January 6th than you chose to exert. That was your right. You can interpret it the way you want. You're independent. That's fine. But why did you try to fake everybody out? Who remembers this? I know we all, we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. Two days before January 6th, he's teasing people. He already knew he wasn't going to do anything, anything creative, anything, um, you know, that we thought he had the authority to do. He thought he did not, or at least he wasn't going to try, whatever. I don't know what was in his head, but he was playing footsie. He was being misleading. He could have been straight with all of us because he was straight with his family he was telling things to his daughter in the car on the way to the Capitol on January 6th. As our motorcade arrived at the east front of the Capitol, I saw thousands of protesters standing peacefully on the east lawn, just past a rope line opposite the entrance of the Senate. My heart went out to them. I felt compassion for all the good people who had come to our nation's capital having been told that the outcome of the election could be changed. They were cheering as our Suburban wheeled into the carriage entrance beneath the Senate steps. I turned to my daughter and said with a sigh, God bless those people. They're going to be so disappointed. Imagine if days or weeks ahead of time, he had just come right out and said what he was going to do. That would have saved us all a lot of trouble, wouldn't it? That would have prevented uh, everything that happened. But hey, he's benefited from what happened, right? Because he's a... Uh, well, he was a victim. They were out to hang Mike Pence. That's one of the biggest lies out there, by the way. Okay, hang Mike Pence, that toy gallows in front of it. Uh, you know, have you ever seen when they hang Donald Trump in effigy? They did that a million times. But no, this is an opportunity to become a hero with the fake news, that whole running downstairs to the basement and then having those pictures taken. Here's why I am so furious with him, because... If it were as dangerous as he and others have claimed, why didn't they call the president? You notice they were all upset, all deeply disturbed that the president never called them. Over the course of several hours, you spoke with the acting defense secretary. You spoke with the joint chiefs of staff, General Milley. I did. You spoke with the acting attorney general, Jeff Rosen, with the chief of Capitol Police. Where was the president in all this? David, I was at the Capitol. I wasn't at the White House. And when you learned later that he was watching all this unfold on TV? I can't, I can't account for what the president was doing that day. I was at a loading dock in the Capitol where a riot was taking place. But why wasn't he making these calls? Um, that'd be a good question for him.
Uh, no, actually, it's a good question for you. Why didn't you or the Secretary of Defense or the Attorney General or a dozen other national security figures call the president? Because I think you were in on it. I think this was a massive setup. And isn't it kind of funny, isn't it ironic that right now, uh, righteous, uh, moral Mike and uh, <laughs> strange Joe are in this fix, okay? With all those secret documents at their homes after all the stuff they said about Donald Trump, who meanwhile had absolutely total and complete authority to declassify anything and take just about anything he wanted with him. Hmm? Let's review one more time. Presidents, okay? Presidents have a lot more perks, privileges, and authority than um, uh, vice presidents. Secret Service Protection for Life, by the way, and absolute authority to declassify anything. Compare that to vice presidents, okay? And we're talking about the time when Joe was uh, as an ex-vice president in 2017. Secret Service Protection for six months and basically no authority to declassify anything all right. Now, we talked about body language earlier. Who saw uh, the president and Jill, the first lady, get off the helicopter? Uh, I want you to watch this for a moment. They try to keep up appearances. I think they have a little bit of uh, some fake banter back and forth. Everything's fine. And then I'm sorry. I hate to see people suffer, anybody suffer, but Jill. Okay, here's the fake banter. Now watch. She knows it's coming to an end. Uh, that's my read on this. Could be wrong, but because guess what? There are lots and lots and lots of classified documents out there at the University of Delaware. For some reason, Joe turned over all of his senatorial papers to the University of Delaware. Why would they want them, by the way? Okay, this arrangement was made uh, some time ago, and they have been cataloging all these papers. Um, and now Ted Cruz is calling on the FBI to raid the University of Delaware. Obviously, it just stands to reason. There are thousands of boxes in there. there gotta be, there's got to be classified stuff. Not the first time people have asked for access to these documents. Who remembers when Joe was accused of sexual assault? A former employee of his accused Joe Biden of sexual assault. And it's believed that there's probably an employment record or perhaps even a complaint against Joe in those thousands of boxes. And in a desperate moment, <laughs> Joe was actually pressed on this. All right. The fake news. They thought about turning their back on him. Take a look. Why not reveal your Senate documents that are uh, being held in Delaware? I know there's 1,800 plus boxes. Um, but if 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 she believes and she alleges that the complaints may be hidden there, why not strive for complete transparency? Why was the access to those documents sealed up when they were supposed to be revealed? Well, they weren't supposed to be revealed. I gave them the university. The university said it's going to take them time to go through all the boxes. They said it wouldn't be, and that wouldn't be before 2020 that that occurred, or 2021. I can't remember the year they said. But look, a record like this can only be one place. It would be at the. It would not be at the University of Delaware. My archives do not contain personal files. My archives contain document. And I said, when I say personal, personnel files. They don't contain any personnel files. They are public records 
my speeches, my papers, my position papers. All right, and speeches, papers, speeches. all that stuff. <laughs> I would bet a lot of money that there's classified stuff in there. There's classified stuff in his house from his senatorial days. So this is, uh, this is a really bleak situation for Joe, uh, kind of for Mike Pence as well. And Donald Trump, though, again, had authority. His documents were totally secure. you got to remember, he didn't start bringing classified stuff to Mar-a-Lago until he became president in 2017. And since 2017, even before, Mar-a-Lago has been completely protected, all right, by the Secret Service. Yet the swamp thinks that Trump is the one who's really in trouble. Will the government be able to make out a technical case? Will they have evidence by which that, w that they could indict somebody on, including him? And I, that's the first question. And I think they're getting very close to that. How about that? Thanks for nothing there, Bill Barr. I did not see him on television today talking about uh, Mike Pence's woes or Joe Biden's woes. Where has he been? Where has he been? Meanwhile, who's running the country right now? Well, it's a combination Barack Obama and these two. The attorney general and his sidekick. I don't know who that is, but she's been hanging around a lot lately. Uh, listen to this. We do not have different rules for Democrats or Republicans, different rules for the powerful or the powerless, different rules for the rich or for the poor. We apply uh, the facts and the law in each case in a neutral, nonpartisan manner. Uh, that is what we uh, always do. All right. I don't like this arrangement. I don't I don't trust these people unelected, probably reporting to Barack Obama. And how many people work for them? The ironically named Department of Justice has 116,000 employees. I think only one percent of them are politically appointed. They don't report to us. That's for sure. Uh, and this is also for sure. Mike Pence's presidential prospects are zilch, zero. They're done. And same goes for Joe Biden, okay? <laughs> no way. And it is the hypocrisy. It's the hypocrisy of it all for him, for Biden. And take a look at these poll numbers with all he's been through. All he's been through. Emerson College poll. Donald Trump up three points over Biden for 2024. Hey, I'm firmly convinced that Joe Biden is out, will not be the nominee. Who could it be? We'll have that next. All right, so you know how I feel. Joe Biden will not be renominated. His future is in flux. I mean, I don't even think he's going to finish out his term. He's in big trouble right now. So who could be next? The Democrats, they got to pick somebody. And the way the Democrats work, they'll rally around anyone when they're told this is the guy. And who could it be? They all have major pros and cons. Okay, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, the big pro for him is the gayness, and he's very good at books. The cons, he is incompetent, and he is lazy, big time. Remember the paternity leave situation? Uh, who else is in the running? Uh, Amy Klobuchar, number one. Yeah, she's good at books, too. Uh, the woman thing works for her, but she's nasty, and she's really brutal with staff. And oh, by the way, she is a tenant of Chuck Todd. No kidding. Chuck Todd, the fake news guy? She pays him rent. Let's go on to Kamala Harris, shall we? Uh, pros, pros. We had to really think about this one. Okay, we'll give her this uh, woman of color. That's very, very hot right now, right? That works for her. As far as the cons, 
Yeah, uh, it goes on and on and on and on. And on. I don't think it's going to happen for her. But uh, Barack Obama will ultimately make a decision along with George Soros, and they'll come up with a Democrat. And uh, all right. Hey, remember this. The hypocrisy and the double standard, it is so amazing. It's kind of fun, all right? It's almost fun to watch. Remember when uh, they raided Donald Trump's compound, right, Mar-a-Lago, and it was the worst thing in the world that ever happened, those documents being there? The former president is in hot water after the FBI searched Mar-a-Lago. I think is Trump being back in the news is a threat to U.S. national security. The sense I have is that the case against Trump for intentionally mishandling classified information is even stronger than the case against Hillary Clinton. What we saw in the unredacted portions was not just probable cause, but overwhelming evidence of three serious federal crimes. Mm. And now uh, there is still a component of the fake news and the Democrat Party still sticking up for Joe and trying to minimize all this, uh, even for... uh, Swamp favorite Mike Pence, as far as Republicans go, he's one of their favorites. I believe that both uh, Joe Biden and Mike Pence, whatever they did here was unintentional and probably accidental. Here, it appears that former Vice President Pence uh, and President Biden have been fully cooperative. Yes, yes, yes. But Donald Trump is the worst person in the world, right? Uh, However, some others are saying that, oh, this must be... It's nobody's fault. There's a system problem, right? There's a system problem. There's clearly some kind of larger problem here. I've covered the intelligence community. There is a systemic problem. This is no longer a Republican or a Democratic problem. All right. Now, why are they saying that? Because Barack Obama has been very, very quiet. That guy has all kinds of classified stuff. I guarantee it. In fact, in a letter from a couple of years ago, the National Archives indicated that, yes, in a non-National Archive facility, Obama was storing his classified documents, some classified documents amid the thousands that he took with him to Chicago. This is, uh, they want to protect him at all costs. Keep that in mind. And also keep this in mind, Joe Biden is very jealous of Barack Obama. Oh, boy. Um, And it really hurts when Barack Obama shows up at the White House. But the kind of money Barack Obama can make for just showing up, for walking on the beach, for Netflix. Obama, we believe, is a billionaire at this point. And Joe has a lust for money. Very early in his Senate career, he said out loud that he deserves a lot of money. Take a look at this. I believe we should strive to reach the point where members of Congress give up the right to all income but their annual salaries. All right, now that sounds, that sounds noble, doesn't it? It sounds nice. No other income other than our salaries. However, check this out. Here's the catch. And we can come to that point only when our annual salaries fully reflect the magnitude of our duties and responsibilities. Well, Joe has always was always stuck on himself how important he was as a United States senator. All right? The duties, the magnitude of the responsibilities. They're running the country and dealing with so much money. We might borrow as much as 100 billion dollars cumulatively of over 250 billion dollars. It provides $10 billion for grants. We added back in about $60 billion worth of money. By eliminating $1.6 billion. Let's take 
That's $250 billion. When you're talking about billions and trillions of dollars, you're not content making $190,000 a year. You're just not. You think you're entitled to a lot more money. So you come up with some interesting systems to make that money. Uh, you put your family to work. You want to see some overt corruption, in my opinion. I mean, maybe letter of the law, this is legal, but it shouldn't be. I'm Frank Biden. I'm the non-attorney senior advisor to clients statewide who need diversified business solutions through the Berman Law Group. I'm available for consultation with attorney Teddy Berman in any of our offices statewide. <laughs> Frank Biden is not a lawyer doing commercials. He works at a law firm. This is insane. Biden, Biden, Biden. We know the message. We get to you. If we want to get to your brother, if we want something from the government, buy me, buy my brother. <laughs> All right. Got one more thing to point out about Joe. Uh, here he is kind of confiding with uh, President Carter back in the day. So here's a story. You may have heard about this, but I don't think many people have put pictures to the story. Ted Sorensen, uh, the late Ted Sorensen, he was a speechwriter for John F. Kennedy. All right. And uh, they were very, very close all the way back to the Senate days. He went with him to the White House. Kennedy gets killed. He's devastated. The country is devastated. And he works for Lyndon Johnson for about two minutes and then leaves the White House in 1964 to write the Kennedy biography, which is very well received. But he takes with him a lot of stuff, a lot. Uh, let me show you how much stuff he took. And some of it was classified. Mr. Sorensen said he took 67 boxes of documents, letters and other material from the White House when he left in 1964 and that they included seven boxes of classified information. Now, what relevance does this have? Well, he was later nominated to be the Central Intelligence Agency director under Jimmy Carter. And this stuff came out. Nobody really knew about it. But Joe Biden was the guy who found out. Yep. Joe Biden found the letter, found the evidence, and then he put it out a statement saying this is very disturbing. I think we're in trouble. I think it's going to be tough, Biden told President Carter. And oh, by the way, interesting, it shows you the swampy ways of the swamp. President Carter said, and Sorensen had to pull his nomination, okay? They couldn't get him confirmed because of that secret stuff. Mr. Carter did issue a statement defending Mr. Sorensen's handling of classified documents and saying it would be most unfortunate if frank acknowledgement of common practice should deprive the administration and the country of his talents and services. Mishandling of classified information, common practice, okay? And they pulled that horrible stunt on President Trump. They got caught in their own trap. I believe the phrase in Shakespeare, hoist, hoisted on their own petard, something along those lines. Fascinating, isn't it? Stay with us. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. 
European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All right, recapping our breaking news, and this is important, folks, uh, Newsmax, uh, we could be deplatformed, all right? Numerous press reports indicating Newsmax might be deplatformed by AT&T's DirecTV satellite system. It could happen at midnight tonight. Uh, if this happens, we'll also be removed by DirecTV stream and also UVerse. Uh, so Monday, uh, Congressman Wesley Hunt, he's a Republican from Texas, along with 41 other members of Congress, they wrote to the heads of AT&T and DirecTV. They're demanding to know why Newsmax is being deplatformed. Uh, now, first, you got to remember, OAN was removed after House Democrats demanded its removal. And Newsmax was also on that list. So was Fox. Apparently, we may be the second network to be censored. Negotiations are still underway. Uh, but the biggest thing you can do right now is help us, help us fight back. And you can go to IWantNewsMax.com. IWantNewsMax.com and please sign our petition. You can also text the word TRUTH to 39747 and we'll send you uh, all kinds of updates and information. We may be off the air in 13 million homes and it could happen tonight. And whether you subscribe to DirecTV or not, you can sign our petition or text us. We really need everyone's support. DirecTV says we are trying to ask for an excessive fee. Well, actually, it's a very modest fee. And last year, three major operators agreed Newsmax was important for their subscribers and gave us a small fee. We are also right now the fourth highest rated cable news channel in America. Last year, DirecTV made $2.7 billion in profits, but still they say they want to cut costs. Well, it's funny that the conservative channels like OAN, they're cut to save money, but all 22 liberal news channels are kept on DirecTV and all with their hefty license fees. That sounds a lot like discrimination to me. Let's see what happens tonight. Uh, but again, go online and you can text us now and stand up for your freedom and stand up for Newsmax. We'd so appreciate it. Thank you. And quite frankly, I'd appreciate it if you don't mind. I don't want to make this a commercial, but I love my book. And if I sell enough copies, I'm, sell I'm going to write another book. It's called Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And we get into the history of law enforcement and how Barack Obama was committed to ripping this country apart along racial lines. It's a lot of current events. 
it's some ideas about how to fight back, but it's also some personal stuff, all right? Uh, I talk about my father, and uh, the first time I actually saw him use his weapon. There he is in the middle. My mom took this picture. I'm on the left. A great time at the beach, but the man could use a gun. And when I was five years old, I saw him pull his service revolver. It's all in the book. By the way, he was number one at the police academy when he graduated and uh, a very successful police officer before becoming police commissioner. My book, once again, available wherever books are sold by me, Greg Kelly. I so appreciate your consideration and we'll be right back. Wow, that's uh, Google. Google, they are so big and powerful, and it's basically a monopoly. Hey, the Department of Justice is actually suing them. Is this one thing we agree with the Biden administration about? Take a look at this. Google's anti-competitive behavior, this is from the lawsuit, left Google's few remaining competitors marginalized and unfairly disadvantaged. Again, they are, they're more powerful than certain countries. We have just the man to speak to, Congressman Ken Buck, Republican of Colorado, and he is the author of the new book, Crushed, Big Tech's War on Free Speech. Uh, Congressman Buck, welcome to Newsmax. Congratulations on the book. Uh, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you? Terrific. Good to see you. This lawsuit, uh, it seems maybe the Biden administration made the right move. Google is just too big. Could you give us your thoughts on what what's happening right now with Google and the administration? Sure. So we have a, a prior Department of Justice lawsuit against Google. We have a Texas attorney general, Ken Paxton, is leading a lawsuit with uh, different state attorney generals against Google. And, and this lawsuit is very specific. Google uh, controls the buy side of digital advertising, the sell side of digital advertising, and they bought DoubleClick, which is the auction house for digital advertising. So they control the entire marketplace of digital advertising. And they have used this to overcharge consumers, one of those consumers being the Department of Defense in uh, how it buys advertising to uh, try to recruit um, uh, folks to join the military. So uh, there is a direct federal link in this case, and, and uh, the, uh, the attorney general, I think, got it right. Uh, the Department of Justice Antitrust Division got it right in going after Google. All right. Excellent. But uh, in the meantime, that affects advertisers for users. And I tweet and I use uh, I guess I use their products. I don't think of them as products, but it does seem like conservatives are still being shadow banned, reduced, uh, all kinds of monitoring. And um, it doesn't seem to be getting better. Elon Musk is, you know, one uh, bright ray of hope, but it's just one guy. Absolutely. Uh, Greg, what happened in, in June of 2020, uh, Google changed their algorithm to disadvantage Donald Trump and to benefit Joe Biden. And so when you searched for something on uh, Google, the bad articles from Donald Trump would be at the top and the good articles for Joe Biden would be at the top. And that kind of manipulation of the public during an election season is dangerous for this country. And they do it in all different areas, as well as Apple and Amazon and Facebook. Uh, and, and those monopolies are affecting our, our democracy, our constitutional republic. 
It seemed like a couple of years ago, Congress wasn't necessarily ready to take on big tech. You know, uh, Zuckerberg would show up and uh, uh, the other guy, uh, Dorsey from Twitter. And these guys are technically pretty proficient. Congress wasn't necessarily as proficient, didn't know their products as well as they did. But now it seems to me, you and the others, (laughs) you've become experts and you're worthy adversaries for them, and you can really start calling the shots. Am I right about that? Was there a bit of a lag in Congress? Oh, no no doubt about it. Um, and the lag hasn't just been for a few years. It's been for a decade or two, uh, frankly. Um, and, and what's really interesting is, you know, we, we, we developed antitrust laws that covered the old economy, railroads and oil and gas and banking and steel. And uh, now we have a new economy. We have a digital economy. We have e-commerce. We have social media. And we need to update those laws to make sure that we're covering these new monopolies. And so Congress is grappling with that right now. We don't want to go too far and, and, and really suffocate uh, innovation. Uh, but we want to make sure that we go far enough and encourage innovation in these new areas. Well, it's all in the book, and it's an important one. Forward by Ted Cruz, by the way. It's called Crushed, Big Tech's War on Free Speech by Congressman Ken Buck. Congressman, we thank you very much. And, oh, by the way, folks, you can uh, get a copy of this, all right? Um, Let me tell you how it works. Uh, You can get this book for free with a special offer from Newsmax. Uh, It's a $30 value. Call the number on your screen. You see that there? 800-575-6193. Or you can go online to crushed511.com. Crushed511.com. All the information is there. And we'll send you a copy of Ken Buck's book. Uh, Don't worry. He still gets his money. I hope he does. This is a capitalist country, as it should be. Congressman Buck, we thank you. Uh, Nice job on the book. And we'll be right back. Correspondent Rick Leventhal, uh, in my opinion, the best, uh, the most popular, the most ubiquitous uh, all over the place correspondent at the Fox News Channel. He has a new book. It's called Chasing Catastrophe, My 35 Years Covering Wars, Hurricanes, Terror Attacks, and Other Breaking News. Rick Leventhal, welcome to Newsmax. You're on Newsmax now, not Fox, but uh, hey, it's great to see you. It's and great congratulations. To see you. Thank you, Greg. It's very exciting to be here. So, and to hold this in my hands, I'm a published author. And oh, you got one too. I'll sign it for you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's a delight to see you, Rick. I just want to, long career, but I'm going to start on one day I personally remember 9 yeah. 11. You were in the middle of it all. What was that like, and how has it affected you? Well, it was the hardest day of my life, and I'm sure many thousands of others, uh, being down there at Ground Zero before the towers fell, and then running from the smoke cloud as it rolled up Church Street. Uh, That's the first chapter in my book. Um, One of the things that's in the book is those four to five minutes when Pat Butler, the engineer, and I jumped into the satellite truck, and everything went black. It was a window, but we were surrounded by the smoke and the debris, and we were recording the whole thing because he had plugged in a camera and microphone and the mic was in the truck with us. So I transcribed those four to five minutes and it just shows the, the chaos and the uncertainty and the awfulness of, of that day in, in, a, in a nugget. And, and then the rest of the book goes into many of the stories that followed me putting my hand up to go to Afghanistan and then to go to Iraq and being among those first group of embedded reporters as I know you were too, Greg. Um, it, it was 
an awful day for America, but it also was an incredibly challenging and rewarding day uh, as a journalist. Yeah, it's interesting. A rewarding day as a journalist. These days, as horrible as they can be, sometimes you get a rush. Out. Did you ever feel kind of funny about that? You know what I mean? Like yeah. a bad story, but I, you feel I don't mean to say that, that it was, I was having a good time on 9-11 or that it was awesome for me because it was none of those things. It was by far the worst day of my life. But it was also, you know, it was a challenge, the most challenging day anyone could ever imagine, trying to remain calm and absorb the facts or the things that we did know that we were comfortable reporting and then relay that to the viewers because people were relying on us. No one, most people couldn't get near ground zero and we were right in the middle of it. So my job that day was to separate fact from fiction and rumors from the reality of what was around us and then inform the viewers as best we could. And it was a remarkable, remarkably challenging situation. Why did you choose this industry, this field? What, what, why did you go into it? You know, I dropped out of college twice, Greg. I, I, was, I had a GPA of 0 0.27, which I'm very proud of, by the <laughs> way. And then I, I was hung in hanging and finishing sheetrock. I was a drywall mechanic. And I didn't want to do construction for the rest of my life, so I went back to school part-time, took a careers class, and realized that, wow, I love to write. And I did the morning announcements in high school, and, and I wrote for the school paper. And why don't I just be a journalist? And, and I thought about pursuing a, a sports casting career, and I would have taken a job in sports, but a news job opened up first. And I just, it, it, it spoke to me. Uh, I loved telling stories, and I loved, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I loved being a witness to history. I loved going to the front lines. I loved being when, where the hurricane hit. You know, I loved responding to, to major incidents, plane crashes and that sort of thing, so that I could then gather the information and report it to the viewers. So, yeah, I was actually curious if you were ever tempted to go to the anchor desk because you did it occasionally. You're terrific at it. You Thank get, you. But I guess it was the draw of these exciting stories that kept you out in the field. That's where you felt you were at your best. Well, and my boss thought I was really good at it, too, and he didn't want to lose me to an anchor desk and lose one of his best reporters in the field. Uh, Greg, I'll do it now. Okay, I'll, I'll be an anchor man now. I feel like I belong here behind the desk. Um, but I'm enjoying doing podcasts with my wife. I enjoyed very much writing this book. I'm enjoying the travel that we're doing. And, the, you know, we have a couple homes we rent out. So I'm sort of like living this semi-retired life. But I do, I do love news. And it's in my blood. And I do feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at it. But so, more importantly, I'm selling this book. And I hope people will, will, will check it out and read it because I've got some great stories in here. And uh, it's uh, 35 years. And uh, I think uh, I may or may not be mentioned. We oh, were you both are. A, oh, terrific. You're Thank in the you. book. Rick, let <laughs> me ask you, uh, all the years you've been in news, let's face it, things have changed dramatically. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think the best change is and maybe the worst change? Okay, things have changed for the better, but there's been a lot for the worse. What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to have a hard time coming up with what's changed for the better, Greg. Uh, I see a lot of cutbacks. I see fewer staff, which means fewer people on the ground. I see less, um, less travel. People are reporting on stuff that's happening hundreds if not thousands of miles away because it's a lot cheaper to have someone sit in a studio like this than actually put them on a plane and send them to where the story is, is unfolding. And that's happening more and more these days. It's unfortunate. I also see a lot of uh, much younger journalists being hired, which is great for the young journalists, but maybe not so great for the audience at home who's relying on someone who has experience and gravitas and has been there and done that and can tell them uh, with, with experience 
what's happening around them. Uh, it, it's, it's also very fractured. It's gotten very political. And a lot of stories aren't being told. A lot of stories are being buried. Mm. There's a lot more censorship these days than I've ever seen before. And not just in the news business, but in social media as well. And it's unfortunate that so many stories that should be told are being buried for political reasons. Rick Leventhal, he certainly has been there and done that. The name of the book is Chasing Catastrophe. My 35 years covering wars, hurricanes, terror attacks, and other breaking news available wherever books are sold. It's really great to see you. You too. Happy for you and to be continued, sir. I have a feeling to be continued for sure. We'll be right back. Thanks. Many thanks, and I'll see you tomorrow.